This is the Mahabharata Podcast, Episode 63, Kurukshetra, Day 2. Last time, we just finished up the first day of fighting in the Great War. The first half of the day was pretty much a stalemate, although vast numbers of common fighters were exterminated in the process. Old Bhishma tried to tip the scales by launching a major assault on the Pandava lines, but his attack was eventually stopped and turned back by King Virata's two sons. Both boys made the ultimate sacrifice, but the offensive was stopped and indeed rolled back. As an aside, Dhritarashtra provided a bit of obscure gossip about these two princelings. When commenting on how Bhishma cheated by using magic to kill Shveta, the blind king also made a reference to these brothers. He said he was amazed at Shveta's performance because Shveta had always been unhappy and jealous that his brother Uttara had been chosen as their father's heir. Things had gotten bad enough that Shveta had even fled his father's kingdom and had been living under the Pandava's protection or in their service. The translator notes that this obscure story is never mentioned elsewhere, but it seems Dhritarashtra was surprised that Shveta showed so much passion over the slain of his older brother. We know that when Uttara rode out with Arjun to fend off the cattle raid, he was a braggart who also proved to be a coward in battle. We can see that, while his bravery improved, his battle skills left much to be desired, since Shalya dispatched him with relative ease. So it is probably safe to assume that the jealousy sprang up from the fact that the heir was much inferior to his younger brother in war, and this led to the friction in the family. I guess it's no matter now. Both boys are dead, and it remains to be seen what will become of Virata's patrimony. I think the big mystery about day one is, where was Arjun? He is mentioned as sort of being around while this fighting is going on, but why was it up to Virata's two less-than-illustrious sons to save the day? The only answer I can come up with is that Krishna needed a lot of people to die, and if Arjun were to get started too soon, he might accidentally finish the war before everyone who needed to die was actually dead. According to Sanjay, the second day of fighting began at dawn shortly after Duyodhana had inspected his army and exhorted them to victory. There were no more formalities than that. Both sides just set in to trying to kill each other. This time, Bhishma did not dilly-dally. He just launched his attack on the Pandava center. It didn't take long before Dristad Yumna's otherworldly formation was shattered beyond recognition. Large numbers of Pandava charioteers and footmen were soon routed. Arjun saw this large portion of his army fleeing the field and finally decided to intervene. To counter Bhishma's incursion, he directed Krishna to drive them straight at the Karva commander, scattering Karva warriors to each side as he advanced. Bhishma was not the only Karva paladin on the scene, however, and Arjun soon found himself surrounded by such luminaries as Drona, Gripa, Shalya, and Duryodhana. As he raced to confront Bhishma, these Karvas took turns sticking Arjun with arrows. Soon the Pandava was pierced with arrows and completely cornered. The enemies pressed in until the crowding made it difficult for them to get in a blow. That was the moment Arjun counterattacked, creating so many corpses that the living were unable to get away from his arrows. Arjun returned the arrows that had struck him, stabbing Bhishma 25 times, Drona 10, Kripa 9, and Duryodhana 5. These commanders were all driven back, and their less well-armed underlings were swiftly going extinct. In frustration, Duryodhana yelled over to Bhishma, What's the holdup? Arjun is wiping us out, and Karna is sitting over there, ready to kill him in a second, once you are out of the way. So get out there and stop him. Cursing the Dharma of Kshatriya, Bhishma goaded his horses forward to the attack. The duel consumed thousands of arrows, and soon both of their chariots were shot to pieces. Bhishma also sent three arrows right into the center of Krishna's chest, knocking him back and drawing blood. 
In return, Arjun angrily killed Bhishma's driver with three arrows of his own. Both combatants were able to find new chariots and the duel continued. Both fighters were supernaturally skilled, and even though the gods themselves marveled at their performance, neither was able to gain the advantage. The judgment of these divine onlookers was that these guys were so well matched that they might fight for ages and neither would be able to beat the other. The same could not be said about the bystanders, thousands of whom were killed in passing by these two juggernauts. Listening to Sanjay recount all this, Dhritarashtra was concerned. He said, Fate must be weighing heavily on the scales, because in normal circumstances Bhishma could destroy the world. But here he is struggling with just one opponent. How is it that he can't get the upper hand? Sanjay said, You better brace yourself, my lord, because the Pandavas are on the side of righteousness, and this makes them invincible. Not even Indra could defeat them. As people lost interest in watching this interminable duel, skirmishes broke out elsewhere, including a face-off between Drona and Drupad's son, Drustadyumna. It seemed that Drona might have been a bit intimidated, if not frightened, by the attack of this prince who was born to be his killer. I say this because the Brahmin fighter quickly resorted to his magic weapons, using them against a decidedly non-magical warrior. Drona drew out a nuclear-tipped arrow that glowed and crackled as he notched it to his bow. The nearby fighters all stopped to see how Drupad's son would survive this dirty trick. Drusted Yumna did not back down, nor did he run away. Instead, he patiently stood his ground and waited for Drona to launch his missile. Soon, as the glowing arrow was hurtling to his imminent destruction, Dristad Yumna fired a single arrow into its path, deflecting it out of the air and disarming its warhead in the process. People on both sides cheered his bravery as he followed up with a volley of iron arrows that fell all around Drona like rain. The guru danced from side to side to avoid their flight and then shot out Dristad Yumna's bow. The prince produced a second bow and it too was knocked to pieces and his driver was killed. He seized a club and threw it at Drona, but again the wily Brahmin dodged it. Like a frenzied lion attacking an elephant, Dristad Yumna grabbed a golden shield and broadsword and charged his ancient enemy, determined to finish this encounter once and for all. Bhima also joined in the fight, providing cover while Dristad Yumna made his assault. But suddenly, the army of the Kalingas swept onto the field, breaking up the duel. Drona was happy to exploit this reprieve and found himself someone else to fight, while Bhima and Dristad Yumna were occupied with the flood of Kalingas who suddenly crowded around them. The disappointment of breaking off with Drona was soon made up for by the opportunity to kill lots and lots of Kalingas. Bhima Sena was soon a wholesale agent of Lord Yama, laughing as he dispatched hundreds of soldiers at a time. In an effort to save his followers, the prince of the Kalingas, Shakradeva, attacked Bhima with a shower of arrows and then hurled one javelin at the other at him. Bhima deflected each of them, all the while advancing on his foe, a scary grin on his face, his body bathed in blood. Bhima raised up his iron club and threw it at Chakradev's head, killing him instantly. Now, Bhanumat, king of the Kalingas and Chakradev's father, entered the fray to avenge his son. Bhima's joy and bloodlust was beginning to creep out a lot of the fighters, but few lived long enough to cast judgment. As for Bhanumat, as soon as he came within range of Bhima's sword, he was sliced in two at the waist. Like a giant wading through a field of tulips, Bhima cut swathes of soldiers down, leaving a trail of gore and misery as he rampaged through the ranks of the Kalingas. Soon, a large portion of the Kalinga army was wiped out. Only riderless horses and rampaging elephants remained on the field, trampling the injured soldiers. 
Bhima paused for a moment, his bloodlust briefly sated, and gave a terrific blow on his horn, stupefying the remaining traumatized Kalinga fighters. That was all they could stand. The remnants of the Kalingas turned and ran for the cover of the nearby woods. Now, with the Kalinga army in full rout, the rest of the Karva soldiers began to waver. Covered from head to foot in blood and gore, towering over his opponents, Bhima appeared to them as Yama himself, come from the underworld to gather fresh souls. Seeing the lines were faltering, Bhishma rushed over and soon Bhima and Bhishma were locked in a duel. Bhishma Devavrata struck his nephew with a handful of arrows and killed his horses. Bhima hurled a spear at the old man, then grabbed his bludgeon and jumped down. The spear was cut to pieces by Bhishma's arrows, but Setyaki got in a good shot and killed Bhishma's driver. Being Bhishma's driver was definitely not a safe occupation. Now driverless, Bhishma's horses panicked. The old man was a skillful driver himself, so he grabbed the reins and turned the horses back to the main force, where he might recruit another unlucky driver. Now Bhimasena held the field. The Kalingas were exterminated, and no one else dared confront him. Dristed Yumna came racing by, embraced his champion, and gave Bhima a lift back to camp where he could fetch new horses. Elsewhere on the battlefield, a minor skirmish soon flared up into a major confrontation. It began when Arjun's son, Abhimanyu, found himself face to face with Duryodhana's son, Lakshman. This was a proper duel, and the two boys traded blows, both getting wounded in the process. Seeing his son losing ground, Duryodhana organized an ambush, and he and his cronies all jumped the boy from behind, while Lakshman slipped away. Now Abhimanyu is surrounded by a pack of older, seasoned warriors. Everyone watching felt that this was an unfair move, and Arjun was moved to rejoin the fighting. Seeing the balance suddenly tipped in the pond of his favor, Bhishma and Drona rushed to support the Karvas. It didn't do much good, however. Arjun's stream of arrows was vast and relentless literally blocking out the sun. Terrified warriors dropped their weapons and fled to escape this deadly rain. Sanjay said that he could see chariot warriors who had thrown off all their weapons and armor, attempting to lighten their load so they could get out of there as quickly as possible. Soon enough, Arjun had cleared out a swath of the battlefield that extended the distance of the range of his arrows. Satisfied, Arjun paused briefly, and he and Krishna gave a big triumphant blast on their conches. From a safe distance, Bhishma said, Only Dhananjaya could accomplish such a feat. Look at our soldiers, they are all terrified. I don't think it would be possible to rally a counter-strike. But the sun has done us a favor and has dropped beneath the mountains. I suggest we withdraw for the night. Drona heartily agreed, and the armies were summoned back to their camps for the night. This ends the second day of battle. So far, it seems the score is about even. The Karvas clearly won the first day, while Arjun and Bhima dominated the second day of battle. So far, the only named casualties are Virata's two sons, so I guess that puts the Karvas in a slight lead over their opponents. I'm afraid it makes light of warfare to keep score like this, as if it were a sporting event, but unfortunately, I suspect the author intended us to think of it that way. It is one of the great aspects of this story, that it draws you to the point where you feel that war is the only solution to everyone's problems, and we all look forward to seeing the bad guys get their due. The war starts nicely enough. We feel good because we know the good guys cannot fail to win. But as the actual carnage grinds on for day after day, it starts to make you wonder, is war ever a good solution to our problems? Where else can you get such a subtle take on the nature of human conflict? That's why we love the Mahabharata. Thanks for listening.